God, I used to love maternity pants. I mean, I still love them. Yeah. I've contemplated when I'm, you know, my good little shopping trips. Yeah. I've contemplated many times. These are maternity, but they're so Maybe comfy. I should get them anyway. They're so comfy. <laughs> they won't be holding a baby belly. They'll just be no. holding a regular belly. Yeah, especially for when, like, like cradling it softly. <laughs> Man, that's going to be great. Hello. Hey. How are you? Oh, I'm just good. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> How pregnant are you now? 31 weeks. 31 weeks? I didn't realize we were in the 30s yet. No. I cannot keep track of time. No. Now I'm going every two weeks to the doctor. Mm. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Hi, this is the Witch's Magic Murder Mystery Podcast. Hey, I'm Kara. I'm Megan. Kara's pregnant. And I'm apparently like all over the place. <laughs> Hard. She can't take her AD, AD, is ADD or ADHD. <laughs> Both. It's. I think is everything's there, I mean, classified under ADHD. That's what I was like. Don't they not separate it anymore? Right. So she can't take her medicine. Leave her alone. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not organized, and I can't be right now. We got a review that Kara's all over the place. The pregnant. That's co-host. the beauty of this podcast. <laughs> we can do what we want. Everybody, go to the store and buy the perfection is incredibly boring t-shirt that's like our yeah motto at this point yeah that's how i'm surviving yes if i'm being critical of myself i'm like you know what perfection's boring i keep you guessing <laughs> exactly we keep you, you all never on know. Your toes never know what's gonna happen yeah i have this story for you today that is like out there it's initially i was like it's not even that sad and i'm like no it's a little sad but anyway i'll get to it amazing i did have a correction on myself and it hit me because I had to go to Louisville the other day. And I realized, remember we had that episode about Shepherdsville? Yeah. I was like, it's where the outlets are. That's, That's Simpson. Shelbyville. Simpsonville. Simpsonville. It's one of Shelbyville. I live here. And we do the things. And I still got it wrong. So I don't know. I was, but what's interesting to me as I thought about it, I was like, man, I was so sure about that too. Like I never even stopped to question if no. I was right. I was just like, yeah, Kara, it's where we go to the outlets. It's not, it's not, mm. there are no outlets. I don't think if there are, I've never been to them in Shepherdsville. Just so we're clear. Nobody knows. And it might be Simpsonville or Shelbyville. I'm not sure. It starts with an S. Where the outlets are. It's an hour and a half away from us. And it's right below Louisville, right yeah. outside of Louisville. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe no. not even an hour and a half. Now that we have, it's like an hour. Made that more confusing. <laughs> it's an hour. Louisville takes forever to get to. It doesn't make sense in my brain that I can get to Cincinnati faster than mm-hmm. Louisville. But I can. Yeah. And I. Because that's I'd not rather. in Kentucky and Louisville. Yes. Maybe because we're not supposed to go there. Probably not because we're Lexington people. <laughs> go cats. Go cats. <laughs> The Lexington Louisville rivalry. I don't think it's as big of a deal as it used to be, just because the school the schools aren't as competitive because we're clearly better at everything. Right. <laughs> we dominate at all. But it used to be really intense. Now it's more like that's okay. That's going to come back to bite me, probably at March Madness. Okay, here so we are. I have the full episode today. I don't think I have any other updates for you. I don't think I have any. One day I'm going to let y'all know what those outlets are. <laughs> I know where they're not. Shepherdsville. Yeah. Okay. This story mm-hmm. is about a little boy named Bobby Dunbar. Okay. Are we ready? Yep. All right. Just to get this out of the way, this is going to sound familiar. I have covered a very similar case before, Oh. but we've never discussed this one. So for this one, we're going back to 1912. Mm. Okay. Close your eyes. Okay. 
William, I'm trying. It's always your favorite time. William Howard Taft is president. I hear crickets in the field. New Mexico and Arizona have just become states. Hmm. The Titanic sank that year. The average worker earned two to four hundred dollars a year, which is like six to twelve thousand today. Um, oh my God, the life expectancy was about fifty years for hmm. both men and women. Okay, great. Uh, we're thirteen years past Newsies, and like hundred and eight years past when Aaron Burr shot Alexander Hamilton. Okay, I really love the Newsies. Yeah. Oh, got me too. Like that was my first love of Christian Bale. Do you like the original better than the remake? Yeah, same. Yeah, that's because of our age, Ella. Cannot stand the original. She hates it. Mm. I don't understand it either. I'm like, but have you seen the original? Do you know? I mean, what? Jeremy Jordan, the Who's Christian Bale in the new one. Yeah. Amazing. Right. Incredible. Right. But not the but same. But he's not the original. No. And Spot Conlon, the original. I had a crush on that boy. For life. Maybe still. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> same. Yeah. Same. Same with Christian yeah. Bale. Even though he's weird sometimes, I'm still... I, I did have a thing for Christian Bale during Newsies, and then I saw American Psycho, and I was like, mm, oh, no. I'm over it. No. <laughs> Knocked it right out of me. <laughs> I've recovered quickly on that. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, I bounced back. <laughs> Just real quick. Okay, so, do you feel like you're in 1912 now? Yeah. I'm in Christian Bale's baby. The Titanic thing. <laughs> <laughs> the Titanic thing. I was like, oh, that helps me, because I can yeah, picture, yeah, yeah. you know, you're making Gross. out with Leo in the back oh, of, a, my God. of a car. Trying picture wearing a big blue necklace. Yeah. On August twenty third, nineteen twelve, Percy and Lessie, amazing. Those are their names. Dunbar okay. took their two sons, Bobby and Alonzo, to Alonzo. It makes me wonder what Lessie is short for. Yeah, you would think I could have researched that, but I'm a hundred percent positive that it's nowhere to be found. <laughs> Okay. It's probably not that important of a detail, but it is Bobby and mm-hmm. Alonzo, which is such two different names. I love it. Okay. Okay. They went to Swayze Lake, which is... Mm. Patrick Swayze. It might be. Could be Swayze Lake, but it's probably Swayze. I'm Patrick going. and his family owned Originated it. there. Swayze Lake is in Louisiana. I've read three different versions of what they were doing there. In one, they were on a family camping trip, mm. and they were staying overnight in a tent. Okay. In another one, they were just going on a day trip. To the lake. Okay. And then in the third, they were there for a fishing contest. Either way, they're doing something with the lake. Yeah. So let's just say they were there. I don't know what they had planned right. or how long they intended to be there. But on August 23rd, 1912, they are there. And the oldest son, which is Bobby, and he's the oldest, but he's still only four, mm-hmm. wanders away from his family and vanishes. So here's an important thing to know mm-hmm. about Swayze Lake. We're in Louisiana. Right. So it's more swampy than what a lake. Like we would envision. Gotcha. Okay. And it has alligators. Oh my God. We don't have alligators. I don't want to go there. Probably. Did you know we have armadillos? We have eel pigs. What? <laughs> Where? In, I think it's Eastern Kentucky. I want to see one. Don't touch them. They carry leprosy. Oh. <laughs> I don't, don't ask me how I, I mean. This. <laughs> Come on. You know me. What are the odds I'm going to go touch an armadillo? <laughs> you probably want to. I know you want to. I mean, if it would let me snuggle it, I would. Yeah, because they, like, roll up into the cute little balls, and they have, like, those stubby legs. Yeah. They're like Sonic the Hedgehog. That's what I always think about. Right, yes. Roll up and take off. <laughs> anyway, you're just everywhere today. ADHD. You're hard to follow. <laughs> Man, is this what you meant? It's not me. <laughs> so, uh, alligators. Mm-hmm. And pretty quickly, police assumed that the blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy must have fallen into the water. Oh. He was barefoot, and one article mentioned a trail of his footprints leading to the water and abruptly stopping there. Oh, God. Right. How 
horrible. Yeah. But then they said his hat was was discovered kind of a little bit away from the lake, which some people think, oh, maybe he was kidnapped then. Oh. It's also like it could have been carried away by an animal. Or right. The or the wind, wind could have put Yeah. Either way, both avenues were pursued here. Uh, state police got involved and a statewide manhunt began searching for little Bobby. Jeez. Authorities also dragged the lake and they caught and dissected alligators, but no human remains were found. Mm-hmm. But no human remains at all. I kind of assume that every alligator's got a person inside. Exactly. So. Something. Every grizzly bear, every <laughs> creature like that has to. Searchers also threw dynamite into the lake. Oh my God. Which seems Why? like a flawed plan to me. Well, they said they hoped it would eject Bobby's body from the water. Right? In that's pieces? A weird, that's right, right. Like, Or you could blow it up and then you'd really never find it. I don't understand. It's gross to think about, but it just seems like blowing something Did up fish to find something. Like, it, they must have. Right? Isn't that have. a way that some people fish even though it's illegal? I feel like Or is that just in the movies? I feel like it has to be. Somebody tell us. Someone will tell us. Okay. So this search went on for months. Percy and Leslie Dunbar were convinced that Bobby was still alive and that someone had really? taken him, right? I think you would have to be. Right. Right? The idea that your little boy wandered off and... Got eaten by an alligator. That's horrific. Yeah, that is true. Your sweet little four-year-old, blonde-haired, yeah. blue-eyed boy. So, yeah. I think the only way to stay sane is to be like, he's still alive, mm-hmm. you know? Um, they called PIs. They called psychics. Percy Dunbar was a well-respected real estate and insurance man and so he had a little bit of money. He hired a detective agency to print out postcards with Bobby's huh. photo and description. And then they distributed them to like city officials all over Texas, from Texas oh, wow. to Florida. Like, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. And it read large, round blue eyes, hair light, but turning dark, complexion very fair with rosy cheeks, mm-hmm. well developed, stout, but not very fat. That's adorable. He's, He's four. four. What is that squatty little boy? <laughs> Big toe on left foot, badly scarred from burn when a baby. Oh, it's so, pretty descriptive. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I would be like, I think she's wearing this today. <laughs> I got her out of the house, okay? I didn't even see Yellow before she left the house today. Who knows? Um, so, a $6,000 reward, which is about 175000 today, was offered for information leading to Bobby's whereabouts. And, of course, that prompted a lot of people to call in to report sightings of little boys with blonde hair and blue eyes all over the place. Yeah. Eight months after little Bobby wandered away, a tip came in that seemed a little different from the rest. Okay. Someone reported seeing a young boy fitting Bobby's description, accompanied by a man named William Cantwell Walters, mm. a traveling handyman and piano tuner in Mississippi. Mississippi police go talk to Mr. Walters, and he's like, no, no, this boy's name is Charles Bruce Anderson. He goes by Bruce. There's a woman named Julia Anderson who took care of my parents in North Carolina. And this little boy is her son. Rumor has it, he was actually the illegitimate son of this woman, Julia, and William's brother. Okay. I could not see the girl and my brother disgraced, so I took the little one away, he told a reporter. That sounds a little bit like he took the boy without permission, but apparently not. He said that Julia had given him permission to take Bruce with him while he traveled. Okay, so that's William's story. Why would you take a four-year-old with you to travel to tune pianos and do your handyman work? I, well, close your eyes. We're in 1912. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're back in 1912. Okay. And you have an illegitimate 
child. Yes, yes. Okay. Illegitimate is an annoying word. It just means his parents weren't married. Illegitimate makes it sound like it's not really a child. Right, exactly. It's not officially a kid. So I think illegitimate is probably not. He okay slipped to say the anymore. system. So there are a couple of different stories here, too. Either Julia gave permission for William to take Bruce, but only for a couple of days. And William actually had Bruce for over a year. Oh. Another version of the story is that she had asked William to keep her son while she looked for work because she was a single mom. Mm -hmm. And it was just too hard to try to, like, take care of him and find work at the same time. Okay. And it was supposed to just be a few days, but it turned into longer because she'd have such trouble finding a job many, many days. (laughs) So I'm not... Saying, I don't know that she told multiple stories. It's kind of like the whole thing of, I'm not entirely sure what the plan was when they went right. to Swayze Lake. It's just 1912. There are a lot of different versions right. of the story. That's going to happen a few times in this whole thing. Okay. So I'm just saying that these were both reported and I don't know which is true. Mm-hmm. And maybe neither is true. Maybe she sort of gave her son to William and then felt like it made her look bad. Right. If we believe any of right. this. Right. But either way, she's admitting that that's her son mm-hmm. and she gave him to him. Okay. And many people in the town where they lived also backed up this story. There are witnesses who said, oh, yeah, Bruce has been with William since long before Bobby disappeared. That is not okay. Bobby Dunbar. Still, on April 13th, 1913, William Walters was arrested for kidnapping and the boy was taken into custody. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? I don't. What you gonna Did you do talk with- to all the people who said that they had seen him? What? Why is the little boy in jail? Well, he was just taken into custody like. To question and then CPS in 1912. Whatever that would be. Yeah. So Percy and Percy and Leslie. (laughs) It's going to be a problem. (laughs) Percy and Leslie Dunbar rushed to Mississippi to see if their son had been found. And when they got there, the little boy was asleep. And Leslie looked at him and said, I don't know. I'm not sure. You were so descriptive in your little cards there, Mm -hmm. man. There are contradicting newspaper accounts of this meeting between the Dunbars and the little boy, too. Mm. And this is the one that kind of drives me the craziest. The other contradictions, I'm just sort of like, yeah, that's just like details that probably don't matter very much. This one does. So some said the little boy woke up and like he looks around and he's just surrounded by all these adults. He doesn't recognize any of them Mm -hmm. and he begins to cry. He's scared, right? Yeah. Others said the boy woke up, saw Leslie and cried out, mother. Like, it's so different that it's like, wait a second. (laughs) He's sobbing because he's terrified or there's his mom. Right. He either immediately recognized his mom or he recognized no one. Right. Similarly, some accounts say that he immediately recognized Alonzo as his brother, calling him by name. And others say that he didn't seem to recognize Alonzo at all. So (laughs) this information helps us zero amount. So we don't exactly know how that initial meeting went. We do know that afterward, Percy Dunbar said that the boy's eyes were smaller than Bobby's, and they also examined the child to see if he had any of the same identifying marks on his body that Bobby had, like that scar that they mentioned in the postcard. He didn't have the scar, but it had also been eight months, and they thought, well, maybe the scar is just faded. But they said he got it when he was a baby. No. So it lasted four years-ish. And he went away? So then, I think it was the next day, Leslie met with him again. And took a look at his moles. And she was like, you know, these are the same. They're in the same place as Bobby's. I'm sure this is my son. Mm-hmm. What? And a judge agreed. And Percy and Leslie took the boy home to Opelousas. Mm, that's a fun place. Mm-hmm. Louisiana. It was April 25th, 1913. And the town declared it a holiday with brass bands, parties, oh. and a parade to welcome Bobby Dunbar home. 
This is a huge deal, obviously. I bet, yeah. For the rest of the year, Percy and Bobby were invited to all sorts of fairs and festivals and events to tell their story. And they did over and over again. I mean, of course, people love this story. Mm-hmm. Like, it must have been horrific to be like, oh, this little boy. And now he's home. Disappeared. But yeah, what a great story. Yeah. I mean, people are always desperate for happy news. Right. But there were some people who were really skeptical. I mean, well, yeah, I'm sure everyone wanted to allow Percy and Leslie to have their child back Mm -hmm. and to not believe that their son had suffered some horrible death in the lake or been kidnapped. Still, a lot of people were like, he was only gone for eight months and she had to resort to his moles to recognize him to see if it was her son. Like she didn't immediately know. Yeah. Then either people brought Julia Anderson in or else she did it on her own. But either way, she came forward and she was like, that is not Bobby Dunbar. That is my son. That is Bruce Anderson. So the police contact the Dunbars. They asked them to bring the boy back to Mississippi. And they put together a lineup of five boys, including Bobby Dunbar, who all resemble each other, just like mm-hmm. any other police lineup, right? And they are like, Julia, which one's your son? And she can't pick him out. <gasps> so that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, she didn't recognize him at first sight either. And on top of that, none of the boys in the lineup recognized her either. Like, none of the boys looked at her and was like, oh, that's my mom. Still, she insisted the boy was her son, Bruce. Apparently, for the same reason that Leslie did. She was like, yes, he has the same, like, moles and marks on his body that Bruce had. Like, both of these women are having to resort to, like, yeah, there, see that mole? That's my son. You can't look at his face? Like, you don't, what? Now, Leslie had been away from her son for eight months. Mm-hmm. Julia had been away from her son for a year-ish. There was right. never like a definite amount of time, mm-hmm. but something around a year. But when you're four, that's, that's going to be a little difficult, I, but still, but you know your mom, right? Right. The fact that he, apparently in the lineup, didn't recognize her either is weird. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had any idea what version of events of the meeting between Bobby and Lessie was true. Like, did he recognize her and call her mother or not? Mm -hmm. At the Dunbar home, Bobby got along well with his brother and reportedly remembered and recognized things in the home. And Percy and Lessie were completely convinced he's their son. They're like, this is it. We're good. William Cantwell Walters went to trial for kidnapping. At his trial, Julia testified on his behalf saying, Bruce is my child. Just like William said. Um, But no one believed her. She was poor. She had a few things working against her. She was poor. She wasn't married. She'd already had a couple children uh, out of wedlock, which back then meant that just meant you are a terrible human being. And it's a little unclear. I think she had one living child and two that had died in infancy. But it could be one that lived and one that passed away. Not not 100% positive. All besides Bruce. Like Bruce is not included in this. And the public opinion was so against her and the boy seemed so happy with the Dunbars that authorities just didn't have a lot of motivation to probe this any further. Mm-hmm. So William was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. Oh my gosh. His conviction was overturned two years later and authorities declined to try him again because they said it was just too expensive. <laughs> you know how somebody kidnaps somebody and you're like, mm, but uh, we'll try again. Mm, Maybe. It's a cost a lot of money though for if kidnapping. If can get the monies up. But that's so weird. We got other things to do. So he was released in 1915. Uh, In 1932, reporters who were covering the Lindbergh kidnapping interviewed Bobby because they wanted to get quotes from a, quote, another stolen child. (laughs) 
What? At the time, Bobby said, a lot of people still believe I was eaten by an alligator. I can assure you, I was not. Well, yeah, bud, you're standing right here. (laughs) William Cantwell Walters maintained his innocence for the rest of his life and died of blood poisoning in the 1940s. A few years after the trial, Leslie and Percy got divorced. Leslie moved to Florida, then remarried and moved to Virginia. She finally wound up back in Louisiana in the 1950s, and she stayed there until she died in 1971. Percy never left Opelousas. He continued to work in insurance, and he got involved in politics, and he died in 1931, which I was like, oh, wow, he died young. Um, Alonzo, Bobby's brother, also stayed in Opelousas. He got married, had kids. He had his own insurance company, which was bought by another company, and apparently it's still in operation today. And he passed away in 1959. Julia Anderson stayed in Mississippi whenever she had gone there for the trial. I think she ended up marrying the brother of one of the defense attorneys oh. or some relative of one of the defense yeah. attorneys. Um, she got married. She had eight children. My I think she had seven in Mississippi and then she had the one living from before. And her family says that she became a devout Christian, helped found a church and became a nurse and midwife. They say she was happy, but that she often spoke of her son, Bruce, maintaining that Bobby Dunbar was her son. Her family basically regarded the situation as Bruce was kidnapped by the Dunbars. Well, yeah. Right. We'll talk about all of it when we get to the whole story, but I'm just like, I feel like kidnapped is a really right uh, strong I word. can see how she feels that way. Right. Of course you'd feel that way. It's just yeah. your son. I just can't decide. She passed away in 1940. Even after her death, her family insisted that Bobby was Bruce. Bobby Dunbar, like Percy, stayed in Opelousas for the remainder of his life. I believe that when Leslie left Percy and went to Florida, that Bobby stayed with his dad. He got married, raised a family, worked in sales. I think he owned a service station. Okay. It seems that he had this really nice, successful, happy life. He died of heart disease in 1966. His obituary ran on the front page of the Daily World and had zero mention of the kidnapping, which I was like, huh. But that's their right to completely be like, he doesn't need to be defined by this anymore. He was more than just that little boy. Yeah. And I don't know how to explain it because I read so many articles for this episode and none of them came right out and said this, but I got the impression that Bobby Dunbar was like a pretty great guy, mm-hmm. like well-liked, successful, good dad, good. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he just seemed like, yeah, everybody knows him. Everybody likes yeah. him. Of course, everybody probably knew him because of this story, right? right. You kind of can't ever escape that, right. especially since he never left. Yeah. But he seems like just, just one of those people that you're just like, yeah, it's a good guy. We like yeah. him. Years and years go by. Okay. Now we're in 1999. Mm. Bill Clinton is president. Oh, fun. Al Gore, the inventor of the internet, is vice president. Mm. Oh, fun. The space shuttle Discovery completed the first dock at the International Space Station. Wow. You like these little random history lessons? I feel like I'm on that ride in Disney mm. and Epcot oh, yeah. where it takes you through the world. <laughs> That's what we're doing. <laughs> Average household income in the, U- in the United States was 42000 Amazing. Mm-hmm. I was surprised by that one. Bobby Dunbar's granddaughter, Margaret, began asking questions about this big story in her family's history. It became a bit of an obsession, but I guess in a good way. According to an episode on This American Life, she went to small towns, libraries, archives, and courthouses all over the South. Oh. And after researching, she began to wonder if Julia Anderson had been telling the truth about her son. And she reached out to Julia's family. Mm. That's how she met Linda Travers, I think. Okay. 
I didn't put the S on Traver, but I'm pretty sure there's supposed to be one. <laughs> uh, she is Julia's granddaughter. Linda had grown up being told that her uncle Bruce had been kidnapped by the Dunbar family. It was just like, oh, wow. This is like, just this a is fact. This, this is happened. The, this yeah. Is, yeah. So the two women both had questions and they began to work together to see if they could figure out what had really happened all those years ago. Oh, wow. The thing is, there's a lot of emotions involved here, mm-hmm. right? I mean, even though Margaret had questions, she didn't really think that her family would have taken this boy. Right. Unless they believed it was him, right? Right. And to her, grandpa was great. Right. Right. And nothing was wrong with it. Like, there's no signs of... Right. Yeah. And then on the other hand, the Anderson family is calling the Dunbar family kidnappers. Right. And each of these women grew up hearing their family's version of the story. And it's not just Margaret and Linda. It's... All of their relatives, too, right? Yeah. Who were like, why are you digging this up again? Just leave yeah. it alone, you know? Yeah. So they had, their own families had a lot of opinions and emotions about it. And you know, they're both hoping, ultimately, that their family story is true and to prove the other one wrong. Right. They're working together, but they have different goals. Yeah. But it says they were both committed to whatever the truth is. They just yeah. wanted to know. Right. right. The longer the investigation went on, the more tension developed between the two women. Ooh. Margaret admitted she didn't believe that Bobby Dunbar was actually Bruce Anderson. And that really upset Linda. And they, I think they had kind of a falling out where Linda was like, you really need to look more closely at your own family. You keep telling, you keep saying we got to look into Julia. Cause it was like, right. we're going to find out something about Julia that will prove she's a big fat liar. Right. Uh-huh. And Linda's like, why don't you turn around and look at the Dunbars a little more? Yeah. Like figure out the characters of Percy and Lessie, you know? And Eventually, Margaret found herself at the house where William Walter's defense attorney had lived. This is amazing to me. She goes to that house. That defense attorney's granddaughter still lives in that house. And not just that. She had a copy of the original file that he had. Oh, my gosh. The defense file, right? It is 900 pages. What? Right. So Margaret pours over 900 pages of letters and depositions. She read accounts from witnesses who said, we saw Bruce with William miles away from Opelousas on the day that Bobby disappeared. It could not have been him. Plus the people who were like, we had been seeing this little boy with William long before before Bobby disappeared. Yeah. There was also an anonymous letter from someone who just called themselves the Christian woman. (laughs) It's like you could pick any alias you wanted. That's what you want. Yeah. Okay. She's putting it out there. Been like, you know, superwoman or something. Yeah. Okay. So the letter said, Dear Sir, in view of human justice to Julia Anderson and mothers, I am prompted to write to you. I sincerely believe the Dunbars have Bruce Anderson and not their boy. If this is their child, why are they afraid for anyone to see or interview him privately? Hmm. I would see nothing to fear. And this seems strange. The Dunbars claim that if this had been their own child and he had been gone eight months, Do you think his features would be so changed that they would not know him only by moles and scars? This is a farce. If the Dunbars do not know their child, who has only been gone eight months by his features, why they don't know him at all. The whole thing of like, how come they won't let anyone see him or interview him? And I would be like, well, I don't know, because he's four or five. And you don't want to traumatize him again. That doesn't necessarily bother me. But the thing about, like we've said a couple times here. He has only been gone eight months. They do change a lot at that age. Like the they younger do. they are, the faster they change. But like, man, that much and that scar. 
the scar on his toe. Yeah. So that letter is what really got to Margaret. And so she went to her father, who is Bob Dunbar Jr., and asked him to give her a DNA sample. This wasn't the first time she'd asked, but every time before this, he had said no. And it doesn't seem like this was because he thought there was some big secret to keep. It was just more like, just let it go. Well, he just didn't see the need for it. He's like, my dad was Bobby Dunbar. Like, I don't need to go through all that. Right. But this time, whether he was intrigued by his daughter's research or simply wanted to help her put her obsession Mm -hmm. to rest, he agreed to provide a DNA sample. And they were going to compare it to the DNA of one of Alonzo's son. Because we know Alonzo is a Dunbar, right? At the time, her dad said, if I'm not a Dunbar, I would like to meet some of my other family. I'd like to clarify where I think I am. So it took a month, Mm -hmm. but they got their answer. The samples did not match. Her father, Bob Dunbar Jr., was not related to Alonzo Dunbar. Her grandfather was not Bobby Dunbar, at least not the Bobby Dunbar who had disappeared right. at Lake Swayze in 1912. Mm-hmm. I think he lived his the majority of his life as, as Bobby. Bobby Dunbar. So yeah. it's like a little, like we can't say it's not him. That is mm-hmm. his, that was his life. Yeah. But it wasn't Percy and Leslie's child. What? As you can imagine, this was incredibly hard for some people to hear. Yeah. And it was a relief for others. For those who had grown up believing they were members of the Dunbar family, mm-hmm. it was confusing and painful. Several members of Margaret's family were upset with her. They were like, you disrespected our family history. And worst of all, you did it really publicly. Like now everybody knows. And I get that. They're like, if they knew and loved Percy and Lessie and then to say, I still think calling them kidnappers is a little Right. When you look at it like that, no. Yeah. But I get why people would be upset. Mm -hmm. It's like, we didn't want to know this. But it's also like, that doesn't change what the truth is. Just because it's painful. Think of the people it helped, right? Yeah. So apparently there are still some people in her family who haven't forgiven her for it. Oh, no. The Anderson family, of course, was relieved and felt vindicated for Julia. And today they regard the Dunbars as friends and they don't expect anything Mm -hmm. from them. William Cantwell Walter's descendants are also relieved because this proves he didn't kidnap Bobby Dunbar. Mm -hmm. So we have the answer. That boy was not Bobby Dunbar. And he was presumably... Bruce Anderson, although there's not actually been a test done that can, I don't, yeah. and I kept thinking like, it'd be pretty simple though. You have your DNA. Mm-hmm. You could just compare it to somebody in the Anderson family. Right, exactly. And you'd see, and she had eight kids. That's what I was about to say. She had a lot of kids after that. But I searched and searched and I can't find anything that was done on that. I think they just are like, well, yeah, if he wasn't Bobby right. Dunbar, then, then he was he definitely Bruce Anderson. But I guess there's part of me that would just want to know. Right. <laughs> I just wouldn't be able to help it. But again, it's a whole lot of people like Julie Anderson coming forward yeah. and saying this is him. But the fact that she didn't recognize him. I know. She couldn't point him out either. That's weird. Yeah. But I have more questions. <laughs> so <laughs> did Percy and Leslie know? Or were they so... Blinded by grief and well, just that's what I was say, wanting their son back. Trauma can change your brain completely. Of course. So what if... Is that why they got divorced? Was it just too hard and stressful to have this big thing and you're realizing this is not our son? Yeah. I don't know. What did they know? Did they know? Right. Or did they, st- did they not think... Did they think it was him at first, but then like as he got older, they're like, mm, none of those are our traits. And then as you do it, you can't do anything about that mm-hmm. because this man has gotten convicted for kidnapping. Right. And you pushed it. 
and he was very lucky to only serve two years because mm-hmm. they couldn't afford to continue. Your family, I mean, your town threw a holiday. They made it a holiday when you brought this boy home and you've been invited all over the place to tell your story. Like it has become so much bigger than that. Yeah. And then you're sitting there, if you did know, knowing that your son is either still out there with some stranger or actually eaten by an alligator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Margaret at one point said that she went to Louisiana and went and stood by the water um, of Swayze Lake. And she was like, I think it was the first time that anyone in my family had ever actually taken the time to be like, a child died here. Mm-hmm. Because I think the assumption before had been either Bruce Anderson never existed or yeah. that, you know, he's another missing child somewhere else. Right. But like no child died at Swayze Lake. Right. But it seems like someone did. Yeah. That's, I mean, when it comes down to what happened to Bobby Dunbar, that's basically either he was kidnapped by somebody else. But there were no, I mean, I don't know this, but if only his footprints led to the water and then he's gone, he either drowned or could have mm-hmm. been eaten. And his hat just. The whole problem is because I've seen the different versions of the stories that, right. that got reported in newspapers. It's not like it's just word of mouth. Like these are newspapers that have mm-hmm. entirely different accounts. It's like. Did those footprints exist? Right. Did the hat really get found somewhere right. else? Like, I don't know what's true anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's frustrating when you try to look yeah. back at something like this. But it seems like because if those details are true, the most likely explanation is that he died in the water. But yeah. then why didn't they find anything? I mean, remember they dynamited. It's <laughs> a fail-proof plan Maybe right there. Maybe that alligator was like, I just ate a kid. I got to get out of here. I'm going to go to the next lake over. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe so. I also tried to figure out how big that lake is, which if you happen to live in the area, let me know. Because I'm like, is it big enough that they just wouldn't have found him yeah. or wouldn't have found his, right. the alligator? Mm-hmm. I Googled the heck out of it. I could not find. Or was that alligator out of the water big. that day? Well, it went on for eight months. I mean, oh, surely yeah, they would have. I don't know. Do alligators migrate? I don't know. But, in, but then the next question is, what did Bobby know? Or, you know, the man from now on, when I say Bobby Dunbar, I'm referring to not Percy and Leslie's son, but the man who grew up as Bobby Dunbar, right? How much did he know? He didn't recognize Julia. Did he recognize Leslie? Like, that's again, we don't know what really happened when they first met, but it does seem like he didn't recognize Julia. Yeah. And then at four, like when you go through childhood trauma, your brain, instead of being like, let's remember every part of this, just flushes it out to where you no longer remember anything about it. And you just have those yeah. blank spaces in your mind. There was part of me that was like, is whatever situation he was growing up in so bad that he saw a way out and took it? But I'm like, he's, he's four. four. He wouldn't be able to <laughs> think that through, probably. Yeah, I don't know. On the other hand, how long had he been with William? Because maybe he wouldn't recognize his mom. Maybe it had See, been long enough. That was going to be been my pretty next little. thing. Like, if he had changed that much, like, I wish they would have put William in the lineup of like the dads Mm -hmm. and just been like, who does this kid go to? But we know that kid was with William. We just don't know if he was. But would he have been afraid if he had been kidnapped by him or it's 1912. Would he have been comfortable with him? Cause William treated him. He probably would have been comfortable with him. Yeah. (laughs) It's very confusing. So in 2008, one of Julia's sons, he said that he had received a visit from Bobby Dunbar at the place where he worked. And one of Julia's daughters had a similar experience where a man who she believes was Bobby Dunbar came to the place where she worked and talked with her for a while. 
The Dunbar family has a similar story. Bobby's son, Gerald, says the family was returning home from a trip and they passed through Poplarville, which is where Julie mm-hmm. ended up living. And Bobby Dunbar said, those are the people who ca- they came to pick me up from. And then the Anderson family had a brief visit with Dunbar. So I don't know if he knew, but I think he was curious. Yeah. You know, he may not have known. He may have been too young to know. Mm-hmm. But I think he wondered. Yeah. So Bob Dunbar Jr., Margaret's dad, recalled a thing that happened in 1954 when he was a teenager. Some reporter had come around to talk to his dad again, and the reporter asked, how do you know you're Bobby Dunbar? And Bob's dad replied, I know who I am, and I know who you are, and nothing else makes a difference. Mm -hmm. And I mean, in some ways, that's true. Like, he lived his life as Bobby Dunbar, so how are you going to tell him he's not? Right, exactly. And it raises a bigger question of, I mean, it matters because it matters what happened to Bobby Dunbar. It matters because William Walters went to prison. Like, that Mm -hmm. matters. So, I don't mean that it doesn't matter. Right. But as far as to him, he grew up happy. They took care of him. Right. He went on to have a nice, happy life. Yeah. Has a great family. So, to him, he's probably just like, I'm Bobby Dunbar. Like, sitting here and dwelling on it Mm -hmm. won't make a difference to me. Yeah. But Julia Anderson had to live with her son was taken from her and she was too poor to fight the court battle it would take Mm -hmm. to get him back. Yeah. And no one would listen to her because she'd had a couple of kids out of wedlock, which made her undeserving of Mm -hmm. anyone to fight for her justice. Yeah. And then, like I said, as far as what happened to the real Bobby Dunbar alligators kidnapping, I saw one thing mentioned that I don't have any reason to believe, but they were like, well, what if, the Dunbar parents did something to their son and then they had this, you know, this conveniently comes along. So they have to go along with it so that nobody will know. And I'm like, that's extreme. This is not John Bonet Rams. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Alleg- yeah, don't come at them. So yeah, that's the story of Bobby Dunbar. Wow. I'm just happy that whoever, whatever was known, whoever, however it played yeah. out, that Bobby Dunbar, the man who grew up that way, like I said, it seems like he was happy. Yeah. And that he had his own kids who seemed happy. And mm-hmm. everyone seemed really proud to be a Dunbar, which is one of the reasons why right. it was so hard for them to hear, like, right. oh, we weren't. And I think of my grandfather, who you all know I've talked about so much. I mean, he's one of just my favorite people in the world. Mm-hmm. And I love who he is. And I love his family. And I, so I had to stop and think, like, what would it be like if I found out? That, that was I wasn't a, related to him. Yeah. Like in some ways, it doesn't change anything, right? No, because he's been in your life forever. Exactly. In other ways, it's like, I'm so proud to be his granddaughter. I feel so lucky that he's mm-hmm. my grandfather that I th- I think there would be a weird part of me that would be like a little disappointed. Yeah. Even though and it then you really doesn't matter. I don't feel like you have to disconnect. But you it would don't. be strange. I'd yeah. feel like, what a bummer. I'm not actually yeah. his blood. Yeah. You know? But also, doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter at all as far as who I am. Right. So it's just a strange situation. I, I mean, for him to have been in and yeah. now for his descendants to be in. Yeah. So. But at least they had some sort of closure. Mm-hmm. And the Andersons got their answer. And, and they all get I'm really happy for, for William Walter's family. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So huh. that's it. Wild. I know. It's just the craziest story. Yeah. So it's a whole lot like. Was it Walter Collins? 
that mm-hmm. I talked about. That's the yeah episode one hundred two yeah. about Walter Collins, and that is actually the case that the movie The Changeling was based on. Which y'all, if y'all haven't listened to that one, if you're not listening in order, you should go listen to it. Because man, the things that happened to that woman My God. when she lost her kid and was trying to find him is just madness. Bizarre. Okay, we're gonna do some shout outs. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. All these names. Oh man, the Patreon people. If you have joined the Patreon. At the Body of a Goddess or Janet levels, you get a shout out on the podcast. Some of you have flat out told us, like, I just joined because I want to hear you mispronounce my my name. And God, there are some names. There are some names, Kara. Can't wait, Megan. (laughs) Next time I do this, I'm going to make a list and just give you all the hard ones. (laughs) Here, Kara, you do these. (laughs) This is going to be fun. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Go ahead. Amber Alexander. Alicia Little. Angela Barry, Amelia Corwin, mm-hmm. Teresa Howren, Audrey Cannon, Kate Brown, lucky, mm-hmm. um, Christina, didn't she message us? Christina mm-hmm. Di Benedetto. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, look at this one. <laughs> Mallory Soborowski. Mike Wazowski. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, we've got another one. Amy Norman. Sarah Schuster. <gasps> Jesse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Jesse, Jesse. No, Jesse. <laughs> Jesse Mirzyzewski. Mirzyzewski. Jessica James. <laughs> Why is this happening? <laughs> Palmira Batista Gill. April Peacock. Caitlin Bailey. Samantha Fouts. Rebecca Childers. Brittany Calhoun. Sarah Johnson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Elise Leardum Ganson. <laughs> Shastina Gandarilla. <laughs> Alicia Hewson. Mm-hmm. Guys, those were really good. If we mispronounced it, no, we didn't. We didn't. Maybe you're Change wrong. your name. <laughs> okay. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> yeah. We'll be back on Tuesday with another episode. Yeah. Okay. We love you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>